Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Business Owners Club podcast. My name is Gary. I am the host for today's episode. I'm the creative director here at Capital Content and I'm joined by Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Cool. Jordan is from JDN Innovate, or the founder of JDN Innovations, uh, and Stigma Clothing. Uh, so, the just in case you're you're a new listener, uh, the Business Owners Club podcast is all about helping people get from unemployed to self-employed. Right? COVID's hit the the world pretty hard. There's a lot of unemployment out there, and there's a lot of people that want to, you know, start doing their own hustle. You know, start making the, the, their own bit of coin. Uh, they might have a passion in their head. They might be selling stuff on Vinted uh, and they want to kind of make it full time and get out of that job that they hate. And what we want to do is kind of cover off why people start businesses, the challenges that we've overcome and kind of act as a bit of a knowledge share to help people, you know, start their business, you know, become business owners slash entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So, Jordan, first question, who are you? Who are JDN Innovation, Stigma Clothing? Give me give me the rundown. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, who am I? I'm Jordan, obviously. Uh, I'm from Preston in Lancashire. And um, growing up, I was basically a bit of a bit of a, a, a sod, let's call it. I'm a bit of a sod. Um, didn't know what to do in my life. Never have done. People all their lives have been... I've, I've, it's been hard for people to try and control me. Um, I've been a bit of a, a loose cannon when I was a, a young lad myself. And um, I am predominantly trained up as a barber. That's my that's my trade. Um, and coming from, like I said, the unemployed route, 20, 2020 was just horrendous for me. Um, I had my own barbershop. I'd not had it more than a year. So therefore, I wasn't entitled to any grants or loans or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, right. So a barbershop um, on the high street, right? Yeah. So just a barbershop in the high street, but I'd not had it for a year. So therefore, I couldn't put through my first year of books. So therefore, sure. I wasn't entitled to I wasn't you fell through that little crack. Well, there's a couple of little cracks, right, in those C bills and the grants yeah. and stuff. So I, I fell through the. I think it's five percent of the population that uh, falling through the cracks, and that was hard to tap because I was a little bit like, you know, how can they just leave me out to dry like this? How yeah. can I just be? No, I've got nothing here, and I'm I'm, I'm expected to carry on paying my rent, which was quite extortionate to be honest with you. Um, the shop was going really well, but it was a case of. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Like, what am I going to do? I mean, my adverse went into like a pickle as such. And um, yeah, and I decided to walk away from it. I actually give it away. Um, the business, the, the, the barbers? The barbershop, right. yeah. I actually, I actually give it away to somebody because it got that got too much for me. And the, the horrible thing around that was is I'd spent my life savings on, on, on that shop. Like to, to do oh, it. Oh, mate. Yeah. How, how was that? How, how did that feel when you, you know, the day that you kind of closed the, the door behind you, gave the keys to somebody else? Was was that a tough pill to swallow? Oh, I still think about it every day now. It's yeah. horrible to think that it, I, I, not only that, but I'd, I'd lent, I'd lent certain monies off. Um, like my grandma, for example, she'd sent me, sent me, lent me a little bit of money to get it finished. Um, I'd sold my motorbike, my car. Uh, just to get this up and running. And don't get me wrong, like I said, it was going well. The shop was going well. It was just a case of, right, you have to shut. We don't know how long it's going to be for. And my head went into meltdown. And it was a sickness for me. It, it was a sickness for me. It was like I had to just write off this all this money that I put into this shop and all this yeah, effort. Yeah, time. that's right. Mentality as well. So shop closed. What did you do next? You you you, you pick yourself up? What, what, what did you do? I decided I was going to go mobile once lockdown had finished. 
because I knew that there was money to earn in barbering. I knew that it was a time that I could generate quite a bit of income because everybody wanted to try and, you know, have their hair cut straight away after lockdown. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, let's, you know, let's get go down the route of being on a professional booking app and people book me and I go around to people's yeah, houses. I'm not like, I'm not limiting where I go, but if it's further than the Preston area. Uh, 20 thing, miles X, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. Um, then there would be an additional fee, but um, very rarely did that happen. And and I'll be honest, a lot of people from the shop, um, because the one thing that I wanted to make sure was that I gave away the shop and I also gave away the, my clients, you know, because even some of those clients would have been my clients beforehand, sure. before I had the shop. So therefore, I, I kind of said to them, look, I will not be coming to the shop and trying to poach my clients back and this, that and the other. But what I will be doing is I'll be promoting myself and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I have to do that. I said, but I won't specifically be dropping in people's inboxes and saying, I'm mobile now, let me come to your house, this, that and the other. And to my surprise, a lot of people did come with me. And I think that is because as a, in a barbering industry, you, you, you learn to develop a, a, a rapport. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. I used to have... Uh, and you'll probably laugh here. So we, I live in Weybridge in Surrey, right? Just mm-hmm. outside uh, Southwest London. And I had a very close friend, he's moved back to NZ now, uh, who lived in, uh, I want to say Bath, uh, Bristol, sorry. He lived in Bristol. And mm-hmm. I used to drive to Bristol <laughs> on a day trip to go and get my beard and my hair cut because like a beard getting a beard cut is you can't just go to any old barber right oh, no. you know no, i've had yeah. a few you know i've had a few times where it's looked like i've been attacked by a lawnmower uh, so <laughs> I, I, I used to live in nz i live you know i knew him he was my barber we became really good mates we both went back to the uk and there was no one near me anywhere near me i even went up to town a couple of times that could do a good job or at least as good a job as he did so i would drive like two hours down to bristol get my beer cut and then drive back again so i know what you mean about the dedication or the rapport that you build with your barber right yeah one of the things i would say is that hair loss and things in men is one of the biggest insecurities I've ever seen. And, and before I was a barber, I never really realised that, you know, just in like middle-aged fellas who were slightly bald and never, and I never yeah. thought of it. I never thought, oh God, that looks bad and this and the other. But actually... It's your, people, your, your, your own personal perception, right? Yeah, absolutely. The amount of people, you know, whose hair are cut and it was a case of um, not too much off the top, you know, and, yeah. you know, like, okay, yeah, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and understanding that. And then once you you do a couple of good haircuts on and that's it. Then yours forever. So then, then I went, I went to the mobile and a lot of them came with me and it was going well. Um, but then something happened that like really changed my life. And basically for the, the following year, that's like the year before I, I filmed a documentary with the BBC um, about mental health. Right. I've always been open around my mental health. Um, and the, the, the mental illness which I I possess, which is bipolar disorder. Um, and that, again, going from in, in business, isn't always the best thing to have because anybody who has bipolar disorder, who knows about this uh, bipolar disorder, or anybody who doesn't know about bipolar disorder, it's a case of I can go from here to here in a day, and, and, and I could be here for a long time, mm-hmm. but I could be here for a long time, and then sometimes you're just here in the middle and you, you, you're like that, you know. So it's about me recognising and controlling those kind of moods for myself. Yeah. Um, 
and, and having to deal with them. And even when I'm down here, sometimes having to put on a brave face and say, no, come on, you've got to show this, this customer service. You've got a great idea for a podcast. You've recorded it on your phone or you've used our podcast creator pack. But now you want it on Spotify for everyone to listen to, right? Well, for £199, VidPix will make it happen. Use our basics guide to get started. Then record up to four episodes using your phone, upload to us, and we'll do the rest. We'll add a professional jingle, make sure it sounds great throughout, add custom artwork, and send back a link to listen on Spotify. So, what are you waiting for? Make it happen. Like mental health, obviously, it's a massive topic, right? Mm. So how how do you deal with the lows, right? Because you're right, there is an element of no matter how low you may feel, there is a part of, in your head where you go, mate, I need to show some sort of front for clients oh, because yeah. this is not just my mental health, this is my revenue and my living and my friends and family around me and stuff, you know? So how, how do you deal with the lows? Because there are so many lows being an entrepreneur and a business owner, right? That can just probably domino stuff. I think I think the term the term um, imposter syndrome, yeah, especially when you have bipolar, is I, I can only imagine, but I feel like it's ten times worse. Yeah, you know, because it's like I <clears throat> I go from telling myself I'm the best person in the world, I've got this, I've got that, to then going, no, you're 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 a worthless piece or whatever, and you don't deserve any of this. And, and that can be like within an hour, right? Within an hour, within within minutes, you know, yeah. you can you can. I could be doing something and now and and on the other side the flip angles so you've got the depression stage and then you have the at the very top it's what they call the hypermania stage uh, and what hypermania is 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 kind of when you react off impulse and when but you don't have any consequences to what you are doing so therefore people in a hypomania state can be very erratic in terms of spending money can be very erratic in terms of gambling taking drugs doing things that they feel is is gonna is a good thing for them to do at that time because it makes right. them feel good. But then once the reality of what you have done is hit you, that's when bang. And when when we say we can go from there to there, now some people might look at this as if well that's still your decision, and it is my it, you know ultimately it still is my decision. Yeah, I I one hundred percent you know I don't deny that. Um, but it's only the realization of what I've done sometimes after I've done it, and I've done this in business. You know, and and I've done this where I've I've made an impulsive decision, and I think, why did I do that? Yeah. You know, why why did I make that decision? Yeah. Just stupid of me, and then that's put me in a depressing state. Yeah. But how do I deal with it now? So, I had to do a lot of I had to do a lot of soul searching inside myself a lot, and I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to get on a spiritual level here. Of you should go on and meditate and this that and the other. Like no, like wasn't case of that. <clears throat> it was a case of I was fed up. I was so sick and tired of how I was responding and acting in these up here, down here type situations all the time. And I was I was sick to my back teeth about it. And was there much I could do about it? No, there wasn't much I could do about it because you don't have a choice. You know, you can tell yourself a million times in your head that, you know, you're fine, you're fine, it's all right. Come on, you're fine, your business is going well and this, that and the other. Yeah. But you can't generally pick yourself from here to here or even here because this is where I want to be is right in the middle, you know. I'm not too high and I'm not too low and I'm just I'm just normal, you know. And um it how do I deal with it? So 
I had to admit a lot of my wrongs and I had to admit about what I'm like when I'm in that hypermania state. And I had to recognize what a lot of my traits are when I'm in that state. And oh, so it's a bit about being self-aware, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very self, very self-aware. Uh, and that was tough. That was really tough. And I mean, like I basically like locked myself in a room for four weeks and had it out of myself. Yeah. Um, and it came to the point where, right. Okay. First things first, Jordan, you need to get on your medication because without your medication, this is going to be erratic all the time. So therefore, I went back. I went on the medication that I should have been on. Mm-hmm. And he admitted my faults. And nowadays, like you say, when I'm down here, still have these days without a shadow of a doubt. Um, when I'm down here, it's about putting on a front, and I'm okay with that, you know, because yeah. I'm not. It's not as if I'm lying, but I'm protecting somebody from potentially seeing a side of myself that could affect my business, yeah, you know, sure. and, and and in my opinion, that's okay because the business is my livelihood. So therefore I need to sometimes put on this act. It's not, a, it's not a case of me hiding. Yeah. You, you're aware of it. You're just, like yeah. you said, you're protecting other people around you and that may be the best way that it may not, but that that's your way of kind of dealing that's with it. That's my way. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think from a, a business owner perspective or, or people that are looking to start their business, there are a lot of people out there with poor mental health or struggle with their mental health, you know, mm-hmm. serious anxiety. And actually they don't want to start their business because they have that, that blanket around them of a secure job. Mm-hmm. Right? They have that nine to five money at the Friday working in an office that they're, they're secure and they don't want to take that risk. And I think risk is a big part of it, right? What would mm-hmm. you say to those people? Cause there are obviously people out there that want to start a business, have poor mental health, but they don't want to leave their job. How how do you do? It? Or you know, what would you say to those guys to get them out of that comfort zone? Yeah. So I recognised very early on in my life that um, I'm just going to say this now, but I, I'm going to challenge anybody to this. But I reckon I'm the world record holder for the amount of jobs in an under under thirty year old for sure. Brilliant. Like honestly, I I when I left school, I didn't leave any qualifications. All I wanted to do from the day that I left school was work and earn money. That was it. That's all I went to do. I wanted to earn money, really, so I could go and watch football at weekends yeah. uh, with my mates, and that was it. So, therefore, I left school. I've been, I was a butcher when I first left school. First job, I was a butcher, upholsterer, marketing. I went to working after that. Then it was uh, a timber timber yard manufacturer. It was then after that, it was um, a, another marketing company, an online marketing company. Um, I worked at Curry's PC World. I've worked at three hospitals. I've worked at... Um, so why do you think this is? Because I'm, I'm, I was rubbish. Because I was rubbish at all of them. Because I was absolutely so un, unmotivated and, and just absolutely rubbish at all of them. Like, yeah. honestly, there isn't one job. I'm trying to think. There's, there's probably one job that I think, actually, I wasn't too bad at. And that was the business development role. Um when I was when I worked for a local company and it was like, but I was other than that, I was useless. Yeah. I was kidding myself. I was kidding myself if I thought otherwise. And there's been times where I've taken wages off people. It's been daylight robbery. Yeah. Because I've not been doing what I should have been and, and this, that, and the other. And I've just been going in for going in sake. And one of my one of my last roles, I just, you know, I was I was stuck in that rut of I can't give up this job. I can't give it up because I don't know what else I'm going to do after this. Mm. I've tried so many jobs. Now, I decided to. I decided one day, enough was enough, and I walked away. I walked away. Don't get me wrong; that was hard. Like it was yeah, hard. No. Like, and it's thinking. not. It's not that you made. You, you say I decided one day. 
Yeah. And you walked out. It had been yeah, years, awful. right? And it had been oh, yeah. it had been bubbling under the surface, right? You didn't yeah, just I go mean, to work and go, right, stuff this, I'm out. It took years. It, as an impulsive decision, I did that in that day, but it took years for me to actually go, yeah. You know, it took years of battering me on head of just going, yeah. you know what? Like, I hate it here. Why am I here every day? Yeah. I don't even like the people I work with. You know, and it's, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's a case of, right, so what can I do? And I, I, I left. And for me, what I did was I took a, a huge step back. Yeah. And when I say huge step back, I mean, I went from being a, um, a facilities manager in a hospital. It was, it was okay paid. Um, but it was steady income all the time. Yeah. I knew this. I got a good company to work for. Uh, and then I went back to being an apprentice at 26 years old. I went back to being a, an apprentice in a barber shop, earning less than £100 a week because I didn't. Um, I didn't Is that because you had the thought in your head that you were going to be a self employed barber? In a couple of years' time, you you yeah. you accepted the fact that you were going to take a step back or a sidestep, knowing that in the future you were going to leapfrog that. The first day I took that job, I I rang my dad up on the phone and I said, "Look, Dad, this is what I'm doing." But he wasn't very happy. But my dad's like that, um, and I said, "Look, look, this is all aiming towards me having my own barbershop one day," and that was the very thought. Now. Why did I want to become a barber? Why did I think, oh, well, a barber's going to be good for you because I've been used to all these other jobs? And it was because I came from a background where my mum's a barber and my mum had a hairdresser as well and she owned a shop. And my sister, my older sister, she's a hairdresser. And my younger sister, she's a hairdresser. And it was just one of them things where I was like, right, okay. And I'm not kidding you. Talk about fate or whatever you believe in it. From the moment that I picked up a pair of clippers, it was just me. And it was just like, do you know what? I actually get to speak to people all day, every day about anything that I want. Yeah. I don't have a boss over my shoulder all the time to go, blah, 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 you know, do this, do that. Sat at a desk, unmotivated, because, again, with the bipolar disorder, if you ever went into a hypermania state while she was sat behind a desk, like, I was like a caged animal. I was like, when yeah, the tech off, and, you know, and, and it, it was very, very hard controlling those things. But, yeah, it absolutely, I set off on day one being a... a, a an apprentice in a barbershop with the aim that one day I would open my own barbershop. Yeah. So I think that is key, right? Is regardless, you know, if you leave that job and you feel, Oh, I'm going to step backwards. It doesn't matter if you step backwards, you know, because no. you're going to, you know, was it two steps, one, one step forward, two steps back, whatever the phrase is. But I mean, the only thing, the only thing for me there is, um, it's very hard for me to understand how a person with children might feel in that situation because I don't have any children, you know, and I, I I can't even begin to imagine how you've been trapped in a position where you think, but if I don't work, I cannot provide for my family. That's right. I Sometimes that's a... a catalyst as well, though, right? Because you might turn yeah. around and go, you know, I'm I'm not happy, therefore my family's not happy. Oh, and yeah. if you if put it... yourself in that amount of risk, then sometimes mm-hmm. you, you come through that because you literally have nothing else to, you've, you've got to achieve it because it's not just oh, your, your head on the line, right? I, I'm a big believer of, for people to get the best of you, you have to have the best of you in terms of you have to do what is right for you yeah. for other people to get you at 100%. Yeah. Um, and if your children need to be happy and you want your children to be happy, then you yourself have to be happy. And that's very, you know, that's very hard to do. But sometimes it is about making that just big decision. I'm, I'm having this, these discussions with somebody right now. Right. Uh, uh, potentially coming to 
joining on the, uh, the stigma clothing and um, she, she's never been self-employed before and it's a big you know a big step for her and at the minute I'll, I'll turn around to her and I say okay if, if you were to come you'd be involved in the business can I 100% guarantee you money right now I can't because I can't predict the future and what's going to happen I can look at my past and in the last few months and go in my head I think yeah we should be fine don't worry but then I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and Obviously, 2020 proved that for everybody. Yeah, definitely, right. definitely taking that. Why, why was going self-employed the best thing for me? Yeah, why because, should people go self-employed, right? Why, why? You know, there are obviously lows, but there are super highs as well. So why should yeah. someone jack it all in, go self-employed? The, the super highs are amazing. Like, I think for me, it's like, yeah, do I, do I get down about the worry a little bit about how I'm going to make money? Yes, sometimes I do. But what I'm going to say is working for myself being my own boss, making my own decisions, doing whatever I want in a day. Some days, believe it or not, I don't get out of bed till 12 o'clock and then I work from one o'clock till midnight. Yeah. Like that's just me. And but it, that's my decision. That's what I want to do. And nobody can can take that away. Now, almost at times, like it, I, I kind of when I was a kid, I used to love playing tycoon games on a PlayStation. Yeah, so I used to love playing like Roller Coaster Tycoon or yeah. Zoo Tycoon. Sim City. Yeah, Sim City and all that stuff. And sometimes when you're a business owner, it feels like you're playing a game in real life and it's actually quite fun. You know, it's actually going, wow, you know, I've just made a decision now. And also as well, the biggest thing for me over everything here is the sense of achievement when you do something. Yeah. When you when you get it's you it, that's done it, right? Oh, yeah. If you earn £100 and someone gives you £100 and gives you an invoice to pay, you know, and, it's like, and it goes in your bank, and you sit there and you go, you've done, done that. that. Yeah, you've done that. You yeah. you have made that hundred pound. Yeah, you know. And, that's, and that's are you the, right? I think that's the uh, for me. That's also one of the biggest things. Is it, yeah, you, you get the client to go, yes, I want to spend X amount of cash of you. You invoice it, and then you see that money drop. You're like, mate, I've just, uh, I've done that. Although, <laughs> although you know, there's a team around me. It's like, we, well, we've we've achieved that. Such a. But if you work for somebody else, yeah, you don't see that invoice. You don't see the full hundred percent rewards from your efforts. No, right? never. You know, I've I've done I've worked in jobs where I've actually done really well, and and there's been no rewards for anything that I've done. So I, I just think, why why would I why wouldn't I just go and do this for myself? And you know, and why not and, love it? Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's funny, isn't it, Gary? Because obviously, it's like you know, if we're in a professional meeting and we're, we're talking. Um, you know, we're talking margins and profits and this, that, yeah. and the other. And we're, we're talk, so, for example, with Stigma, if I'm talking to a wholesaler who wants to buy a lot of my clothes and we're talking what kind of mar margins we can make on it and this, that, and the other. And in my head, I'm still this 16-year-old lad yeah. who hasn't got a clue about what he's talking about, you yeah. know. Saying, I can't believe I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then at the end of that meeting, they go, okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll buy such and such a thing off you. And you go, no problem. I'll get Mick Harton to, uh, to send over that invoice this week and yeah. we'll get that sorted for you. I'll have it delivered to you by such and such a date. If there's any problems, ring me. You've got my number. Blah, blah, blah. And then you've been so professional in this meeting. Yeah. And then as soon as you turn your Zoom call off, you're like, <laughs> yeah, sweet. I bet a bottle of Stella. Classic. <laughs> hey, look, Jordan from JD Innovations and Stigma Clothing. Uh, it's been great speaking to you, mate. Um, how can people get in touch? How can people check it? Check you out? Um, so I actually made a conscious decision to come off all social media for LinkedIn last year. Right. Um, just for my mindset. And it's been a good thing for me. So I am only on LinkedIn at the moment. Uh, but I'm Jordan Wilson on LinkedIn um, and also the, the page is Stigma Clothing. Um, and just want a little bit of a plug is um, Stigma Clothing uh, proceeds of all profits 
um, get donated to charities. Um, last month, we was able to um, give £450 of money out and also another £400 of clothing to a young person's homeless charity, um, which is, is meant. So what, what was the web address again? So the, the web address is stigmaclothing.co.uk. Cool, man. Jordan, you've been great. Listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. You can check out all the other episodes at businessownersclub.co. Thanks very much. We'll catch you all later. Peace.